Did you think that was fun? Because trust me, you won't have that much fun until you discover the joys of oral pleasure. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Monday, May 4th, Cuatro de Mayo. We did it, and things are still shitty, but that's okay because we have this amazing podcast, and we're talking about a movie that a lot of you haven't heard of today, so no one's going to be able to relate to this, but if you have, you'll really enjoy it, because most people who see it enjoy it, and that's great. And go. Okay, we're going to be talking about a little movie called Away We Go. Uh, It's from 2009. It stars John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, and it's also got a great ensemble behind that, uh, including Allison Janney, Catherine O'Hara, Jeff Daniels, Jim Gaffigan, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Chris Messina, Melanie Linsky, Josh Hamilton, and Paul Schneider just to name a few names. Uh, and it's a Sam Mendes movie. It's our se- second Sam Mendes uh, directed movie here. Uh, we previously did American Beauty, a movie that has not aged well. And this one, I let's see, it was 2009, so I saw this maybe like junior year of high school for the first time, and I, I really liked it then. Um, it's it, it's fun, it's quirky. It's this. Uh, if, if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it's a movie about... Uh, John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph play a married couple and they find out they're having a baby and they want to basically find a home like where they want to live to actually raise their kid and so they travel all over the country visiting uh, friends and family people they know and they're just kind of like looking for that perfect home Uh, it's it's a fun little road trip movie Uh, John Krasinski is very very funny in this movie and uh, it's probably like the goofiest he gets to be uh, in really any role I've seen him in. He's this big star in The Office, uh, but he, he wasn't really like goofy on that show. He played straight man for a lot of jokes and uh, kind of used a lot of sarcasm. Uh, but here, you know, he's uh, he's playing around with his voice. He's got a lot of goofy dialogue. He's a fun character to watch, and him and Maya Rudolph just play really well off each other. Maya Rudolph, I think she was just... She was either just coming off of or was about to leave SNL uh, when this came out. And she was one of my favorites on SNL uh, when I was a kid. She was in that. So when I started watching SNL, I was maybe like 12 or 13, like actually like staying up late on Saturdays to watch it. And like she was in that era with like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and uh, the end of Jimmy Fallon, Will Forte, um, Andy Samberg and Bill Hader were kind of just making their ways onto the show. And I, I, she was always one of my favorite uh, characters on the show. Uh, but yeah, Maya Rudolph, very very funny lady. We're pro Maya Rudolph on this podcast. Uh, so, okay, getting into the movie itself. Uh, so I, I explained the plot to you guys in that uh, it's it's a comedy. It's not, you know, this big, like, laugh out loud, uh, you know, Judd Apatow or, you know, frat pat kind of comedy. It's just a... It's very grounded. It's a very like real world uh, comedy, so to speak. It, it's it's I don't want to call it a romantic comedy because it's not. It doesn't really fit that like rom com uh, kind of feel. But it's very uh, you know it, it's 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 cute. It's a fun like cute little movie that follows a couple and they just go from city to city looking for a place to live. And in each city, there's a bunch of different characters and they're learning all the stuff and they're all going through their own thing with you know expectations about being parents and you know what that's going to do to their relationship what kind of parents do they want to be where do they want to be uh while they're doing all of it it's 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 cool this is a very cool movie and i would recommend it 
Uh, it's short too. It's only about 90 minutes, which you don't really see that too often today. But uh, today, when I knew that I'd watch uh, Where We Go for this episode, I was I was actually kind of psyched that uh, it was only going to be 90 minutes. You know, especially after watching uh, The Aviator, uh, our last movie. You know, that movie's almost three hours long and. Uh, if you listen to the episode, you'll remember that I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Uh, and this one, it was just, it was nice, easy, quick, and uh, there's a lot of cool faces that pop up, and there's a lot of good dialogue as well. Uh, Sam Mendez, the director, on the, uh, is written by Dave Eggers. Uh, you might, uh, have seen, you've probably heard of some of his movies, you might not have seen many of them. Uh, he wrote Where the Wild Things Are, and uh, Promised Land, uh, another John Krasinski movie. Uh, he also did his most recent feature was a movie called The Circle uh, with Tom Hanks, where basically he's, as far as I understood, like Tom Hanks is like running some kind of like social media company and they are gathering data and using it against, I don't know, Tom Hanks was playing a bad guy for once, uh, which is kind of a weird thing to think about, but it happened, we'll accept it and we'll move on. Uh, one of the things that I love about this movie uh, is the soundtrack. So a lot of the uh, the songs in this movie come from this one guy in particular. His name is Alexei Murdoch. Uh, and it, it was kind of cool because it keeps... It, it's this very mellow acoustic sound. Uh, I believe he's like Scottish or something. So he's got this like deep, uh, like kind of like calming voice. Like the whole the whole movie kind of sounds like Sunrise almost. But it's like a, it's like a peaceful <laughs> uh, Sunrise, if that makes sense. And having like one guy, it's uh, think of like Goodwill Hunting, uh, where Elliot Smith does a lot of the songs in that movie. So the the music is almost like a character in the movie itself, uh, just because it's it's warming and it's always there. It's the same guy, you know. He it's pretty much just him and his guitar. Obviously, there's a couple other instruments, but uh, the best scenes are when you just hear kind of like hear him like strumming along. And uh, I actually I I forgot. Uh, how good the music was. Uh, so uh, as soon as I was done, with, or while I was watching the movie, even I was scrolling through Spotify and uh, checked out Alexi Murdoch's page and uh, liked some songs. And I'm really glad I did because uh, when when the movie or when I first saw this movie, I remember uh, I downloaded the soundtrack to it, put it on my iPod Nano, and it was great. So yeah, I thought that was a really cool uh, choice by Sam Mendes to kind of stick uh, with like one guy doing the whole soundtrack. And I don't think he wrote the song. Yeah, he didn't write the songs for the movie. They just found this guy. He was just like, well, all of the songs are kind of what we want, so we're just going to use them. Uh, and it's cool to see uh, Sam Mendes uh, do a much more like grounded movie. Obviously, he's a big-budget guy. Um, he's de- like He won an Oscar for American Beauty. Uh, he just did 1917. Uh, and he's done a lot of James Bond movies. Uh, he did Jarhead. And so he's like... I don't want to call him an action movie guy, but he's a big budget. This isn't the kind of movie that you see Sam Mendes making all the time. Like you could tell he's having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, after the movie was over, I actually watched like the making of, and like you could tell that like it was kind of fun for him to actually uh, let, like let go a little bit. You know, it's not so serious. He's actually able to have fun with his actors for once, and he uh, he comes from the theater. He's got a theatrical background, so. So you have to imagine actually working with the actors and, uh, you know, rehearsing their scenes and, uh, it's dialogue driven movies. Like that's kind of what his like roots are in. Uh, you know, if you watch something like Skyfall, for example, you know, you're not really thinking of, uh, like, oh, this would play really well at like the London Opera House or whatever it's called. 
but but this this could this is uh, this movie you could definitely see it being a play and uh, I, I I just think it's it, it's a cool it's it's cool when directors step outside their comfort zones like this uh, and you know you see a lot of guys who they win an Oscar or you know they have like big hits or whatever and they just want to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger until they fail uh, and that doesn't really happen with Sam Mendes like he never really fails he like he was making these bigger movies. Um, bigger in scale, at least, like compared to something like American Beauty. And then he kind of stepped back, and he did this. And then, of course, he went back to action movies. But it was it was cool, like in the middle. He's just like, no, like I want to do this one. Uh, I, he just really enjoyed the screenplay, and you know, getting someone like Maya Rudolph and working with someone like John Krasinski, who. Uh, so the Office. It, so this movie came out in two thousand nine. Assume they made it like two thousand eight. Uh, so the Office was like still like coming into its prime at that point like one was it was just kind of there two it was you know it was getting better in uh, like season three that's when like the office is like the certified like mega hit uh, that it was and John Krasinski is obviously one of the leading guys in the show uh, so this is like one of his first movies that he's able to kind of play like a comedic lead he had a couple other ones like uh, Leatherheads comes to mind uh, but no John Krasinski's just got this like very like kind of like every man quality to him that uh, it makes him it makes him really relatable. He's not so much like a goofy like character uh, comedian. He but he just like he's smart and he knows his brand of humor. Uh, so he's kind of able to bring out like, okay, well it's funny if I do this, but if I were to do characters or something, that's fine. But at the same time, he, this is still like the most like outlandish you'll see him uh, in his career. At least I think so. And now he's like this action movie guy. He's kind of moving away from comedies. Um, He's following the Jordan Peele route behind the camera. You know, he's going into horror movies. Really bummed that uh, Quiet Place 2 got delayed because of everything that's going on. But I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out. I think watching A Quiet Place in theaters was like... So every time I go to the theaters, I get a big bucket of popcorn with me. And I felt bad eating it because I was supposed... Like, the entire audience was like, quiet. (laughs) Uh, Not many movies have... Uh, kind of made me feel that way, but John Krasinski is also a great director. Uh, maybe he learned a thing or two from Sam Mendes. And there's just uh, one more thing I want to talk about before I get into Did You Know? This is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. Um, there's one character in the show. Her name is Ellen. It's spelt L-N, uh, and she's played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I've never... Well, I don't want to say never, but there's very few characters that I love to hate more than... Ellen and her husband and just their whole thing. She plays this like kind of like earthy, crunchy, like hippie uh, lady that they're like her and John Krasinski are like young, like they're friends when they were younger. And now they're like in Madison, Wisconsin of all places. And he's like, he's there for a job interview, but uh, they're, they want to stay with Ellen and her family. And, you know, she has this whole thing about, being a mother and like just, I don't know you you have you have to see it like this lady is just cuckoo bananas and the, her dialogue is just absolutely insufferable uh, the stuff with her and her husband uh, just like the reason she like she's the reason why people hate uh, you know that like hippie culture uh, but she's just such a like she's so like oblivious and like she's so set in her ways uh, that like my like she doesn't use a stroller with her kids because her idea is why push your kids away we carry our babies here and then like you go into the house and like you realize that like they just have this one giant like orgy bed uh and he like for the whole family so it's like her and like three kids like in this bed with her husband and and, like they ask like well like what do you do when you want to like want to have sex and he's like well we don't hide our love making from our children 
And it's just like this like cringeworthy stuff. And she's so good uh, in this movie, which I don't say a lot because I don't like Maggie Joan Hall's good. She's she's very hit or miss. No, she's kind of like Mark Wahlberg <laughs> in that sense. Like when, when she's bad, her movies are really fucking bad. But when they're good, they're really fucking good. Uh, the Deuce comes to mind. I love that show. She kills it in it. Uh, Crazy Heart, another great movie. Uh, but then like I don't know. There's just like I don't know. Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm not the biggest fan, but I think she's uh, done some great movies. That's definitely among the best sequences in the movie to me. Is uh, the scenes where they're in Madison. Uh, visiting that family, but anywho, uh, so in the sake of time, we're going to get on with the did you knows, uh, so our first did you know here, uh, as of 2017, this is the only Sam Mendes film not to have a bittersweet ending, where a pivotal character dies at the end, in this film, no one dies at the ending where Bert and Verona find a home and has a entirely happy tone, so I think this is this is funny to me, uh, and we I kind of touched on it earlier where it's like Sam Mendes actually like dials it back here and like he's able to like to have like a feel good movie uh, instead of like like American Beauty's pretty depressing if you really think about it, um, and then he's got all these action movies with all this stuff. 1917, I guess no, I mean it's a war movie. A lot of people died, and particularly uh, one of the like two guys were falling dies like halfway through the movie. Uh, so spoiler alert, and. Um, but no, it's it's just funny that he's uh, this is the only one where that doesn't happen. I I just thought that was cool. There weren't there wasn't a lot to go on uh, in IMDb for this up for that for this one. Uh, but our second fact: Tony Collette dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Maggie Gyllenhaal took over her role instead. I as good as Maggie Gyllenhaal is, I would have liked to have seen Tony Collette do this. I think Tony Collette is one of the great actresses today. She's she has been for the last like two decades or so. Uh, she's been around for a long time. Like uh, she goes back to like the Sixth Sense, which was in the '90s, I believe. Uh, but yeah, neat. love Tony Collette. Um, I watched uh, Unbelievable a couple months ago on Netflix. That uh, was a mini series about uh, some uh, cops tracking down a serial rapist, and she's she, she's fucking awesome in that movie. I lo- I'd love to see more Tony Collette movies. And third and finally, for the brief oral sex scene, Maya Rudolph wore four pairs of biking shorts under the gown. So if you... Basically, there's a scene where John Krasinski's going down on Maya Rudolph. It's the opening scene in the movie. And... <laughs> I'm just like... That must have just been like such a weird day on set. Like uh, Hearing like behind-the-scenes stories about like sex scenes and stuff like that are always interesting. Uh, just because everyone goes about preparing for it in completely different ways. And she shows up, and she's wearing four, you know, four pairs of biking shorts, and she's just got a look at John Krasinski. It's just like, yeah, you're not getting anywhere near this. <laughs> and they're even, like, under a blanket uh, in the movie, so, like, obviously nothing's going on, and they're acting, so, yeah. Uh, but, hey, I've never had to go through something like that, so whatever makes you comfortable. Again, we're a pro Maya Rudolph podcast here. Uh, I just thought it was a, a funny visual uh, when they must have gotten to set that day. <laughs> Uh, anywho, so uh, final segment, we're going to rate the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats, uh, five being the best, and I'm going to I'm going to give this one just a three uh, for now. I so I I like it. It's funny. It's not like laugh out loud funny. Uh, it's cool to see John Krasinski go back, and you know back before he was this big like action guy. It was kind of when he was uh, more of a comedy guy, uh, and Maya Rudolph kills it again. I love the music. It's just 
movie's just it's it's a little boring and it's a little well it's a lot more like whiny than I remember it being uh, like there's all these there's a lot of great uh, monologues in the movie particularly at the end Maya Rudolph has a monologue about growing up at her house in Florida and but there's just a lot of other stuff in the meantime that's just kind of like okay we get it like for a movie that's as short as it is uh, it could kind of it could even cut some stuff out and probably it would probably add to it like the they begin their trip going to Arizona they visit uh, Allison Janney and Jim Gaffigan Allison Janney's like one of my Rudolph's old friends or something uh, so they visit them and then they go visit her sister and the whole like Arizona sequence it's like maybe 15 20 minutes long but just it's just not that interesting it's and it's the first place they go so it kind of takes you out of it but but no uh, I, I give so I'll give it three hazmats I would recommend it um, but I also I also just have a lot of nostalgia with this movie because I remember really really liking it when I was like a teenager so uh, so that's gonna we're gonna cut this one short here today we got a great episode coming for you on Wednesday uh, we're gonna have my good old buddy Casey Shue on the podcast we're gonna be talking about Batman Begins he's one of my oldest friends and we're equally as obsessed with movies as one another so that'll be a very very fun episode. Uh, in the meantime, please like and subscribe. You can find us on social media at Quarantinema. You can find at Quarantinema Pod, I should say. And uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Uh, so, yeah, just want you to subscribe and make me feel better about myself. Give me some validation for doing this, please. Well, in the meantime, just remember stay inside, social distancing, all that fun stuff. Uh, hey, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.